start uh, John 18. I'm going to read John. Uh, what was I going to read? John 1. <laughs> I'll get it straight here pretty quick. John 1 first and then John 18. John chapter 1, and uh, beginning with verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak, that's speaking of John the Baptist, when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, and pointed them to Jesus, followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Then when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Now go to John chapter 18. John 18. Begin with verse 15. Jesus has been arrested. They followed him to the house of the high priest and said, And Simon followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That's John. And now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, are you not one of his man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. And the disciples of officers who had made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Drop down to verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said, You are not also one of his disciples, aren't you? are you? And he denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative, <clears throat> whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden? Did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied him again, and immediately the rooster crowed. The other gospels tells us, and then Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Now go to John chapter 21. Begin with verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And he said, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. 
When you are old, you will be stretched out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And this he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you that we have this time to gather together. And Father, uh, you just uh, guide our service tonight and speak to our hearts as only you can. In Christ's name, amen. I wanted to look at the life of Peter tonight and just a few lessons that we can learn uh, from Peter. And uh, basically, uh, uh, what you need to understand is that failure can either be the end if you let it, or failure can be a start of a new beginning, according to how you approach it in Christ. All right? It's sort of like uh, the movie actor Fred Astaire. What, do anybody here old enough to remember Fred Astaire? Nobody's going to admit it. What was he known for? Dancing. And singing and acting. And when he first went to Hollywood and tried to make it, uh, a talent scout said, can't sing, uh, can't act, maybe can dance just a little bit. And then he went on to have a marvelous career as dancing in all those movies so the talent scout didn't really know. He could let that crush him, but he went on. It's the same way with Peter. Some things he did in his life could have crushed him, but he didn't let it, and God helped him. The first point is this. Failure should teach us humility. Failure should teach us humility. Now, if you didn't realize it, Peter was a guy who needed some humility. He was a successful fisherman. He was a man's man, the leader of the group. Uh, He came to Jesus in that John 1 passage, and Jesus changed his name to Cephas, which means little rock man. Now, for a guy that was as unstable and volatile as, as Peter was, that was heady stuff. The one they think the Messiah is calling him the little rock man. The chip off the old block, if you will. And so he was very prideful on some things. But notice a couple of things about about failure to teach us humility. First of all, uh, do you remember God's attitude towards the poor? I mean, towards the the proud. I'll get the right word out here in a minute. Okay. Uh, James chapter 4. You know I was going to read that one. James chapter 4 says it this way. He says, uh, but he gives you more grace. And he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay? He resists the proud. Uh, You need to understand that Proverbs says the same thing in a little bit different way. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. See, God himself stands against the proud. Now, let me tell you what the proud really amounts to. I want you to hear this. The proud really are those that say, I can do it myself. The proud are really the ones that say, I got it handled. The proud are really the ones that say, I don't need any help. Because we can't do it by ourselves. We do need help. And we need to acknowledge that God is that help. Because that's God's attitude towards the proud. And then, what about Peter's experience in in pride. We read that John 18 passage. And he had, he had been telling Jesus. Not me. I'm not going to deny you. And then the rock man crumbles. The rock man falls. The rock man needed some humility. And he got it in a dreadful way. See we need to understand that. He, he said if everybody else forsakes you Jesus. I'll stay with you. And yet, two little servant girls and somebody else ask him, and he denies Jesus three times. 
That's failure. That's awful. You see, we need to understand that we can't handle it on ourselves. If anybody thinks they can, they're full of it. Author Haley, uh, the uh, author of Roots, uh, the miniseries a lot of people watched on TV, has an unusual picture in his office. It's a picture of a turtle sitting on a wooden, wooden fence post about this high. Just sitting there. And somebody asked him, why do you have that kind of a picture in your office? He says, it's a lesson that my grandma taught me a long time ago. He said, oh, what is that? She said, if you ever see a turtle sitting on a fence post, you can bet he had help getting there. He didn't do it by himself. When I get to thinking, look at all these marvelous books I've written, and look how much success I've had, and I start to feel about it, I look at that picture and remember, those who helped me get where I am at today. God being chief. See, failure should teach us humility. And if you didn't realize it, and if I didn't realize it, that's the first most important lesson we need to learn as Christians. That it's not about us, it's about Jesus. It's not about what we can do. It's about how we can be servants of the one who can use us in ways we never dreamed of. Who can do through us what we could never do ourselves. It's a lesson for all Christians in humility. And we need to learn that lesson. Peter needed to learn it and so did we. The second thing is this. Failure should teach us to be understanding. Did you hear that? Failure should teach us to be understanding. I don't know how you picture Peter. I picture him as bold, as brash. He said it like he thought it was. You heard that. Not like it was, but like he thought it was. Constantly putting his foot in his mouth. In actuality, when you read about Peter, he was rude, self-centered, and judgmental. But he learned to be understanding by the time Jesus reinstates him as an apostle when he says, Peter, do you love me three times? He learned from his failures to understand other folks. To understand that, what I'm trying to talk about, remember a couple of things. The first one is this. Notice Jesus' instructions. I'm going to read you some of Jesus' instructions. In Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. He said, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want men to do you, do for them. Isn't that what our mothers used to call the golden rule? Okay. And then I want you to look at, or I'll read it for you, Luke chapter 7. I said I would. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. I'm sorry. Jesus said this, Judge not that you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, if you're really judgmental, you're really going to be judged. If you're really forgiving, you're really going to be forgiven. Okay? And that's what Jesus' instruction is for us, is look, don't judge, don't fill in the blank, don't decide what another, somebody else's motives is or is not. You let God take care of that. You see, it should teach us some understandings when we have failure where we don't look at people and judge and say, well, I know what they're up to. 
Or, well, I know this or I know that. No, we should be forgiving and understanding and notice what Jesus said. And then the next one I put is Peter's injury. That means his failure. It's in John uh, 13. In John 13, 36 through 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered and said, will you lay down my life, your life for my sake? Most assuredly I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. In other words, Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen in that okay he also told him i think the same thing in matthew 26 you need to understand in in spite of all that jesus forgives him and goes back but think about it the one that he named the little rock man becomes quicksand the one who was the leader of the group failed more than the rest of the group because they all left they all fled for their lives but he's the one that denied him three times the good news for that is their help for you and I. You see, we want to blame everybody else for our failure. It's sort of like uh, John Killinger. You probably don't remember him. He was a minor league baseball coach. And his so mad at his outfielder, his center fielder one day, he just missed fly ball after fly ball. He said, can't you do anything right? And the f- center fielder said, if it's so easy, you go do it. So he got out there the next time they were out on the field. And he got, his, got the guy's glove and said, just watch this. Sure enough, the first pop fly was in the sun. He missed it. Hit him right in the head. Okay. The second one, he stumbled and fell and dug up dirt with his face trying to get to it. The third one rolled past him for a home run. He went back in and threw the glove down and said, See there, you've got center field messed up. Even I can't do anything with it. Too often we want to blame others on our failure, but the furious fact is very simple. We fail because we are sinful men. And pride goes before a fall and Haughtiness is not good before God our maker. And we need to understand that, that when we fail, it should teach us to be understanding. Don't judge other people's motives. Don't think what they're trying to do. Just accept that they're trying to serve the Lord until God tells you differently. Okay, or until he tells me differently. And we need to understand that. And so in your failure, remember that. Remember that God is teaching you humility in your failure and my failure now hear me, the devil's going to say things like, oh, you can't serve God anymore, look what you did. Or, oh, would a real Christian do that? Okay, a real Christian would fess up to his sin, confess it before God, and keep serving. Did you hear me? Because it teaches us, those kinds of experiences teach us to be more compassionate towards others. Those kinds of experiences teach us to be more loving towards others. Those kinds of experiences us teach us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Okay. And that is the third point. Failure should teach us to be forgiving. In that John 21 passage, the question Jesus asked Peter three times is that question. Do you love me? He'd already said he did. And then he failed him. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? And can you see Peter's face as the third time it happened and it recalls that night? 
and the bitterness he felt at failing Jesus. And I can just see Peter in my mind's eye bowing his head and saying, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Then he said to him, follow me. Okay, He forgave him. He reinstated him. He needed that. He said, you know all things. That's his response. He said, that's the way we're supposed to be when people have offended us and we're supposed to forgive them. Jesus, at the end of the model prayer, said these words. If you forgive men their trespasses. In the Greek, it means their trespasses against you. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We need to understand that. You see, we need to understand that Failure is a part of life, but we need to understand that we've got to forgive others when they fail us. And life has people that will fail us. We need to understand that. Uh, Lily Baltrip is a school bus driver, okay, in Houston. Why anybody would want to drive in Houston, why anybody would ever want to drive a school bus in Houston, Texas is beyond me. But she was recognized of her peers and of her school as the best school driver in Houston. They had a big award ceremony for her and a big dinner schedule for her to go to. And so all the uh, principals and superintendent and her school bus, the, the leader of the, of the uh, transportation department, that's what I'm trying to get out, all loaded on that little bus to go. And she went too fast on a slick road and turned the bus over on its side. And hit three cars. Now. Did she get her award? No. Okay. You see. That award ceremony didn't operate on the principle of grace. Aren't you glad our God operates on the principle of grace? See when I told you. When you fail. Don't give up. You see, we have a picture of two apostles who really failed. One we know is Peter. Because he went out crying, he was sorrowful. Not just sorrowful, he was repentant is what the Greek word means. Jesus reestablished him. We have one whose name is still the synonym for traitor, Judas. And he never repented. He went out and hanged himself. See, there's a difference between being sorry and having godly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Being sorrow just leaves us where we're at. The question is this. When we fail, do we have enough godly repentance to ask God for forgiveness and find that he truly operates on grace? When those who sin against us ask for forgiveness, do we have enough grace because we've received it to forgive them? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of us need to learn the lessons that Peter learned. Some of us will have to learn them again and again because we're slow learners. Some need to come tonight in rededication. Asking God to forgive them and reestablish them. Some need to come 
Pray for others who have sinned against them and pray that you can forgive them. So I need to come and thank God for his grace that he always forgives you. If you're not here and you have, if you're here, if you're not here, of course if you're not here you wouldn't hear this. If you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus, you're not a Christian and you need to do that, we want you to come. Tonight's the night to get it all straight. Father, let your will and only your will be done. And Father, give us the grace to live for you. In Christ's name, amen.